Welcome to Christian Warrior Talk, proudly presented by Christian Warrior Mission. Hosted by former Navy SEAL, SWAT officer, and atheist, now a warrior for Jesus Christ, Pastor Jason Perry. This is more than just a podcast. It's a spiritual vanguard where we intentionally set aside the hustle of our daily lives to come together. We gather to study the Bible, share in heartfelt prayer, and engage in meaningful discussions about all things Christian, homesteading, prepping, and self-defense. Lock shields with us, and together, we will hold the line. And now, let's meet your host, Pastor Jason Perry. You are listening to Patriot Crusader Mission, where Christian warriors are forged. Sponsored by Patriot Crusader Mission Patreon page. Join us and become the Christian warrior you are called to be. Strengthen on us, strengthen on us. At my signal. Unleash hell. Do or do not. There is no try. Hello. She beat me to it. Holy smoke. (laughs) She's fired up this morning. I'm not Ken. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everyone, and welcome to Christian Warrior Talk. Um, This is supposed to be a biblical life support um, episode. But Ken had to cancel with an hour's notice, so instead we brought in awesome Lauren, and I just, for some reason, we've been invaded by ladybugs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and just had a ladybug land, <laughs> like, it wouldn't be like, we have ladybugs everywhere. <laughs> so anyways, uh, welcome to the ladybug set. But um, It goes with our colors. Yeah. Red and yeah, white. Yeah. So, um, so again, welcome to the show. Uh, we do have a great show for you today, even though the Ken's not here. Probably more questions. Um, Bible ponderings. Yeah, Bible pondering and struggles and some confessionals here that we have, or uh, some confessions that we have um, with our struggles that we can kind of lean on each other and, you know, like iron sharpens iron, you know, be there for one another in these. And one of the most important things that we have to understand is we have to, if we want to be effective in ministering to, you know, atheists, agnostics, Mm -hmm. and others who have not been given a chance because of the secular world. Um, You know, Lauren and I can both speak about this at length. Um, Being brought up in the secular Northeast where evolution is taught as fact and anybody who believes in creationism is crazy and... Um, and coming from a science background, which we've all seen lately how they follow science until the science doesn't show what they want it to, and then their science becomes science deniers. Science so it's great when it's convenient. Yeah. So, um, again, you know, it's, uh, it's our job to not shy away from challenges to be able to reach those atheists mm-hmm. because they are truly lost and broken. And um, and even it, it helps Christians as well by talking about this stuff because come the trials, um, whether personal or bigger picture like our country, um, we have a much stronger foundation to stand on if we can address these questions about the Bible um, and strengthen our faith through it. Um, so that we're not the, the bubblegum Christians ourselves that will fall away as soon as um, holes are poked in it. 
or tried to be poked in it. Yeah, and you know, one of the biggest challenges I think that we're facing right now, and pardon me while I move my notes around here, is um, is you know we have the we struggle with a lot of the challenges of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. right? We're constantly battling that. I mean, most people who have beef with the Bible, it's typically the Old Testament they have a, uh, a, a struggle with. Yes. And we both have run into this. I can't tell you, you know, here's the typical new atheist convert, you know, um, pathway. Some of their friends or something happens and they're open to exploring faith. Mm-hmm. They go to a bubblegum uh, rainbow, um, you know, unicorn, hug it out, Christian church. Mm-hmm. They want to know more about God because everyone there is talking about the Bible and they're referencing, you know, the the 10 pages of the Bible that they only follow. <laughs> and so they go back home. They buy a Bible, typically a study Bible. Yeah. You know, they... I remember my, I was all excited my first time in the Christian bookstore. I spent three and a half hours trying to choose the right Bible, and of I didn't know. you did. That's such a Jason Perry thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm in there, and I'm like, you know, I want to make sure I get the right one in my NIV. Everyone I know is reading NIV, but then the new King, King James Version sounds pretty cool with a the thou, but I want the most accurate one. So I ended up spending like 250 bucks in there. You probably bought them all. I bought a bunch of different ones, and I still yeah. got. I got yeah, an apologetics Bible. Yeah. I got a New International Version Bible. I've got an English Standard Version Bible. I got a King James Version Bible. And, and now you just read it on your phone. And now I read it on my phone, and you know my. And I have a couple yeah. study Bibles that I. It's good to hold. I look at meaty, right meaty Bible in your hands, and I get home. I'm all excited. I crack open the Bible and I start reading the Old Testament. In the beginning, it's. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. You know, God spoke the world into existence. And, of course, I didn't have Ken Graves at the time. I didn't have Gordon Hugenberger. I didn't have any of this stuff. So I'm just literally reading it. It was me and my study Bible. Yeah. Because God knows the the bubblegum church I was in didn't talk about Genesis. And is this when you were in Boston or is this where you were floor? This was me. This, yeah, this was me. And all of your travels. Yeah, no, this was me in Boston. Okay, but pre. Right, I actually, yes. So, actually, Panama City, Florida. Okay. You know where I went to my first Methodist church Alpha class. Okay. And then I, you know, and then I ran into this buzzsaw called the Old Testament, where literally I'm reading it, and somewhere around I don't know Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. um, I come across the Israelis committing genocide on a unparalleled scale where they're killing everyone, man, woman, and child and killing everything and, you know, stoning people, you know, standing, stoning entire families to death mm-hmm. for one people go wrong. And it turned me off. Mm-hmm. And that happened about five or six times. Yeah. And I always started directly at the beginning and then going through. So now like when, you know, like, like I told Monty, I'm like, do not start with the old Testament, start with the new Testament Go through there and then go back Strength to reference it, or with. find a reading plan that does both at the same time mm-hmm. until you're more mature in your faith mm-hmm. because you are going to run into stuff that's going to horrify you. And I think the hard part is even people with the strongest faith, and maybe because of they have the strongest faith, the answers you get from them aren't a really an, an explanation, but just a mm-hmm. 
it's God's plan and I have faith in God. Right. I have trust in God that, he, you know, that um, for him to have told the Israelis to do this, there's a reason. And they just accept it based on that faith. And it's not really kind of a, a rationalization of the acts that you read. So, Yeah, well, and I also think that people who have lived extremely peaceful lives, mm-hmm. who've never even been in a fist fight, can just read these words about men, women, and children being killed and having seen babies' bodies and ba- and children's bodies and people massacred mm-hmm. and all those things. I um, I know what that looks like, and it's real easy when it's just a word on a page. Yeah, well, I think, and I mean, we're running into that same thing with people flippantly talking about civil war now, um, that not appreciating the gravity. But yes, I I certainly think that that. It's easy to skim over those those words, and if you're really not, yeah, I mean, how many people who've ne- to it, how know. many people who've never had to fight for their life or take a life or done anything mm-hmm. or or fought evil, looked evil in the eye, or looked somebody scared or mentally ill who is not in control of themselves or someone who's on drugs and all that, and they're just like, yeah, kill everyone, do whatever, and it's just like, yeah, that's really easy for you to say. You know, you, you know, it's really easy in the safety of your living room and the safety of your pew for you to sit out there and say, yeah, you would be able to go out there and look every woman in the eye as you cut their head off, look every baby as yeah. you do whatever. And, and, you know, and it, it, it is very troubling stuff. It's, it's what we go off on the jihadis about. Yeah. Christian Warrior Talk is sponsored by Trident Shield, your trusted ally in violence preparedness. Trident Shield safeguards your loved ones with expert training and consulting. Trident Shield, defending faith through preparedness because together we save lives. And that is one of the hardest parts to reconcile. And I think, and, and the argument I hear most about that is it's not necessarily even trying to make sense of the Old Testament actions is just saying, well, we've moved on to the New Testament. That's why we can't compare modern-day Christianity to modern-day jihadi. It's because we've improved from then, but but obviously you still need to look back at that and say, why? And should that have happened? Why did it happen? Um, what was accomplished from it? Well, the answer is, it's, yes, it should have happened because it was God's will. Mm-hmm. Right. In in the book, God is telling people, he's quoted as saying to Joshua, to Moses, to whoever, go and do these things. And if you don't, I'm going to kill all you. Yeah. So he's literally saying it's either you or them. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and that was really hard for me to wrap my brain around as a military professional, as somebody who is, you know, grown up in the modern era of warfare. Right. You know. War now is so different than war has been in the past. And there's a reason why we haven't had sustained peace in any of our conflict zones. So if you look at, for example, World War II, mm-hmm. we are now friends with Germany. Why? Because we absolutely destroyed them. Yeah, They surrendered as a people. We destroyed everything. We carpet-bombed cities. A lot of innocent people died. We took their will to fight away, and we wiped out the culture of Nazism, mm-hmm. right? That was it. We displaced their culture of this, and us in the world came in and displaced it with a new culture. Mm-hmm. Japan, they had, you know, their Bushido code and 
all these other things. And again, if I'm getting the words wrong, I apologize, but they're kamikaze pilots, very militaristic, very warrior culture. And we dropped atom bombs on them and destroyed that entire culture. We've been friends with them ever since. Mm -hmm. They're one of our best allies, as is Germany, other than being totally atheist, secular society. Country right now. Right. I mean, you know, appallingly so in some ways, (laughs) you know. Um, So, again, then you look at the wars of our modern generals and these smart, clean wars where you can never win. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, show me one general who's actually worth a darn. You know, That's um, a different conversation. you know, I yeah. mean, like, like Trump went in there very enamored with all of his generals. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what war have they won? What war have we won other than fighting Saddam Hussein and, you know, in the first Gulf War with outdated technology, with all like the number 23 military versus all the best militaries of the world. It wasn't even a fair fight. It was absolutely ridiculous. Right. It's like literally going out in the backyard and stomping out ants. That's how hard it was. You know what I'm saying? And since then, we haven't won anything. Why? Because we will not commit to the biblical type of warfare, which we did in World War II. Yeah. Right? Which we did during these times. We dropped a freaking nuclear bomb. The nuclear bomb doesn't care and who it kills. Right. Yeah. Right? So since then, we have not waged war biblically and... I think we have to talk about that a little bit because war on a biblical scale is horrific and the cost of it is so high and the, and, and the consequence is so dire that maybe we shouldn't be in eternal wars forever. Well, I think when you look at how the old Testament works and how kind of God, God works in there in that section of the Bible, it's very, it's generational consequences. And so he doesn't look at kind of, the individuals who are committing sins, it's okay now generation upon generation are going to be impacted by that. And I think in in comments from our reading in the one-year Bible, and it's okay, why are they killing all the women and children? That then prevents any seeds of that sinful culture from procreating and continuing. And so by wiping it all out, it's starting fresh versus leaving people there who might continue what they're trying to... Well, and on top of that, it's you kill my parents, so eventually I'm going to resent you. Right, and, and that's all what that we're comes in. Yeah. With the terrorists now that we're fighting is right. that the the young boys are seeing bad America come in, and their dads are getting killed, well, and it's, they're being it becomes a war of occupation, which never works. Mm-hmm. Right, instead of surrender, rebuilding, recul- re, you know, reculturing that place. And, you know, and that's where we are. We've been displaced with our culture war that we're talking about. Yeah. That the secular society has displaced Christianity. Here's another ladybug. So, so you just, so you know. Luck, right? Yeah. Was that? Good luck. Good Supposed luck, to be. Who knows? But how <laughs> are they alive luck. in the winter? I do not know. <laughs> Anyways. So it's freezing out with snow on the ground and we got ladybugs in our house. I think that's Crazy why they're in the house. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. It's just, you know, I'm so horrified by what I read in the Bible. And I understand now, imagine if you're the Israeli people, right? You have the most popular book of all time detailing all your crimes against every other nation on the world. Yeah, yeah. Now, crimes is what is the wrong term. You know, God using them to exercise justice against them is what we should be saying because they were so broken 
and they were so bad. Like, no one is crying, woe is me to Germany for us going in and wiping out a Nazi regime and carpet bombing their cities into dust. Yeah. Right? And that's the same way we should be looking at this. Except yeah, it's, it's a higher authority. It's God. Mm-hmm. It's literally... The creator of everyone, yeah. the master of the universe, the supreme moral authority saying you need to go kill them. So does that, in what you just said, can, does that change at all your perspective or acceptance of the genocide I that we see in the Old I, Testament because of saying, okay, that was like Nazi Germany? And yeah. we we feel right in what we did in handling yeah. Nazi Germany. So one, I am... Okay, I'm not going to judge God. Mm -hmm. If I believe this book is infallible, it's true. Every word of it's true. I'm not going to, God made us, he can do whatever he wants to do. Mm -hmm. Right? We all deserve death if we believe this book. Mm -hmm. Every one of us deserves death and to be burned in hellfire for eternity for how broken and how we are compared to the purity of God. Mm Mm-hmm. Not what we promise is we compare ourselves against other humans. We don't compare ourselves against yeah, the that's ultimate a very good point, right? Yes. So we compare ourselves against serial murderers and rapists and all these other things, and we're relatively was, good. I was, I'm, I'm the straight and narrow, goody two shoes. You know, I, I do good, anyways, kind of person as an atheist, and I was like, I could not get grips on the I have to still I'm still not good enough to get to heaven yeah well <laughs> here it is you're good enough to live a good life here on earth if you're blessed so mm-hmm. but you are not good enough to live eternally with God and uh, yeah that was something to I walk into that that you know pure pureness to be in the presence of pure goodness mm-hmm. you are not you are not pure enough to do that none of us are right and that's how we got to start looking at this if we start looking at it that way it's easier to rationalize that does not mean that i am not horrified by the actions and it does not mean that i am not eternally sad mm-hmm. over the loss of life because i know what loss of life looks like yes which is a perspective that a lot of people don't have as you said i certainly don't captain came in germany real story I, I don't understand what you're saying there dude um, so, um, so anyways, you know, I, I just think that, you know, to answer your question is I am okay with it because this is God's will and the Supreme, the author of justice said to do it. And I'm sorry that the Israelites, Israelites had to be the, the mechanism, you know, God had his reasons for using them instead of just doing a Sodom and Gomorrah mm-hmm. um, where he didn't do it. He yeah. didn't have them do it. Yeah. He made them have some skin in the game and to go out and participate in that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, I am still eternally sad for it. And so when I read all this stuff and I'm horrified of it, I just have to understand that God is unknowable and that he is justice incarnate and goodness incarnate and that I am not measuring myself against God. I am measuring myself against very fl- the All my fellow humans are very flawed. Yeah. And if I'm trying to get into heaven or, you know, which is not really my deal, I don't do this because I want to be in heaven. I want to do this because I want to honor my creator. Mm-hmm. And the eternity part is the gr- is a great side perk. Mm-hmm. Um, then, you know, it makes a lot more sense to me. And I just kind of worked that out here live on air going through that through your questions so i i I thank you for for doing that what do you think um i i mean i think if you can stand on your faith belief and love of god then um 
I think it kind of comes down to is I don't have to understand it personally or even feel comfortable with it, kind of the, the scale of death and all of that, but um, it's for a purpose and for and by God. So um, I'm sur- sure very glad that that's not how we live currently. I'm, I'm glad that we have, he's kind of moved on. He gave us Jesus and we are in the New Testament time, but um, I think you take from it what you can, And but it certainly is, um, I think a lot of people do trip up over it for good cause if they don't have that foundation of, of faith to say, I just trust in God. Yeah. His actions. Well, you know, and I, th- I think that we all have to grapple with the love versus wrath God. Mm. And modern churchianity today loves to embrace the love God mm-hmm. and not even acknowledge the wrath God. They don't let you know that, hey, everybody who you don't know, or every, sorry, everybody who you know and that you care about who hasn't accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior is toast. Yeah, when you really sit down and think about that, that's, I mean, I think I have family members who are not saved. Um, and we read that interesting article just prior to this kind of in, in reconciling Old Testament versus New Testament and how a lot of people frame it in kind of why did God change or, or what caused that and, and the point that this was a pastor, I believe, who wrote this article that, no, it's not God that changed. God hasn't changed at all. Um, so I think we do need to remember it's the same God that we are loving and worshiping today is the God that did all of those actions. Yeah, it's it's 100% consistent. And you got to understand, again, it's about putting things in proper perspective. right? You got to remember, there was no FBI. There was no DNA. There was no you know, police, you know, massive international police thing. Crimes could go, people could get away with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So they had, the threat of punishment had to be so harsh, so severe that you would never risk it. Another ladybug? Yeah. They're just digging me today. <laughs> yeah, they are. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, being baptized is, is important. Um, you know, I don't believe it's necessary to be saved. You just have to say the prayer and I mean, I know that there are denominations that are all over the place in this, but you have to accept Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and repent for your sins. Yeah, I mean, because if you had to be baptized, then people who accept Christ on their deathbed would not. Right. right. So, I mean, yeah, there's a timeline issue there. Yeah, and the, the repentance part is the part that I find that the fluff church leaves out. Right, it's hey, you're saved as long as you believe in Jesus and repent. Yes. Right, I mean, that's why you have to repent and you have to be asked for your sin. forgiveness of sins, yeah. which is why the gate is so narrow. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and I think that's you know th- that's why a lot of people might be surprised when they don't end up in heaven. From my understanding of it, yeah, baptisms are in the Bible. I'm all for it, Captain K. Man, I'm, I'm not coming into confrontation with you on that. Mm-hmm. We've both been baptized, yeah. and I think it's very important. Um, I'm awake. Also, the Bible says God has many mysteries he hasn't revealed. Truths only he knows. I take that as a parent who need not explain why. They're just making decisions in the best interest of the child. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that, but that would be like, stab, like you know, again, to put that into context, it would be like literally, you know, I don't know, murdering all of your child's best friends because they're not believers or because they worked on Sunday. Yeah. And said, you don't need to understand why, stand why I just stood the stone them to death. It's that. It's hard to bring it to modern context. Guys. Yeah. 
you know, so I totally agree with you. And that's why I, I'm accepting all that. But somebody works on a Sunday to feed their family, stone to death. Right. I mean, that is a, and stone to death is not a good time. Well, and that I mean, that was something that you were going to talk to Ken about it at some mm -hmm. point is how I had you ask Ken um, what counts as work. And like, should I not be cleaning the house? Well, he said that that is done day, And yeah, his explanation was an interesting one. Yeah. Ken, Ken basically came out and said that, you know, Jesus' sacrifice was enough um, and that of working on Sundays is a cultural thing that you can do to honor or whatever, but it, it you know, you you're not, you should not be stoned to death and you're not, you know, condemned to a life in the, you know, an eternity in the pits of fire for doing yeah. that. Yeah. Right. That's so. Shucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, and it's, it's just really, um, particularly when you dive into the Old Testament, and there's a lot of stuff in there that, you know, God finds essential that I struggle with, like reading, going through how all the tribes got land where, here and that, and none of it really means anything to me. The list of genealogy, a lot of that doesn't, you know, it's important because God put it in there. Mm -hmm. And it's important for some people who need to know that part. And great, I'm glad. I understand historically, he, they, you know, the, this book is so important. It was... <laughs> Literally, their former government. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Their government, their, here's where your deed is. Yep. This is where everything is. I mean, everything was in it. Mm -hmm. Right? So their whole life was in this, which is why I believe we need to get back to that. But the, the love versus wrath God, we, you know, we have really developed a, a lot of, you know, again, redefining words. But fear. Mm -hmm. fearing God. I think we need to move back to fearing God and it's more of a, the respect version of the fear. Yes. Yeah. Right. Meaning that this is the number one power in the universe. This is who decides my fate. This is what's going on and, and give them the reverence and respect with that. that comes with it. Just like you understand the supreme impact. If you step off a skyscraper what those consequences are going to be. And you respect that. Mm -hmm. Like we were in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, yeah. and we were up in the Space Needle. And I don't like heights, guys. As a Navy SEAL, every time I jumped out of a plane, you know, I was prepared to die. I thought this was it. I mean, I don't know. So, and that's with a parachute mm -hmm. uh, on the side of those things. And, uh, you know, I've had, I fell out of a, a really high hayloft when I was a kid and, you know, got a pretty severe concussion, broke my wrist and all that. So anytime I get to the edge, I'm like, whoa, yeah. I'm respecting that, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And that's the way we kind of got to be around God, but God, and that's around all aspects of our life with God, mm -hmm. right? So, well, and I think it's so interesting. I mean, we're sitting here in our Bible plan reading the Old Testament, and I think all of our comments are kind of, how are these people so foolish? I can't believe it only took one generation to um, forget God. And, you know, they were there, they witnessed all of these, you know, miracles by God, and yet they still turned away from Him and stuff. But, we have the same access to that information about what God did and can do, yet we we still turn away. We don't act on a daily basis truly God-fearing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's it's easy to kind of throw stones or point fingers, and I can't believe that they did that as a culture, but yet here we are doing the same thing, too. Well, and that's the part where I really struggle with people with who, well, all of us as we voluntarily sin. Mm-hmm reflexively yeah. sin is one thing, but yes. it's like, Hey, I'm going to go do this. Mm -hmm. 
And if you truly believed in God, like, you know, that Tim Keller sermon, would you do it? Mm-hmm. Would you go look at porn if you if God was sitting if right there in front of you? If truly understood the consequences for yeah. that, yeah. I think I think a lot of people do not. And, I mean, that's... Um, the cheapening of sin. We've talked about this before, you know, before there was such a tangible cost to it, the, um, the sacrifices of the animals and that for, for people was a big deal because, you know, that's their livelihood or whatever. Um, and it cost them to have to repent for those sins. And so I think now we really don't appreciate what sin is, who we're sinning against and all of that. We just take it a little bit more lightly and it's, yeah. I mean, I watch somebody sin and then be like, you know, and then just say a prayer for her like there was no cost. And, uh, you know, we've talked about this a lot of different times. Until you accept the fact that when you sin, that you are hammering those nails into Jesus' hands and feet, mm-hmm. until you re- realize that your sin and what you're doing right now today or what you will do tomorrow is the scourge going across his back, mm-hmm. ripping off the flesh of his back, until you realize that it is your sin that put that crown of thorns along his head, there is no cost to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's that shared guilt with everyone that it just displaces yours because yours is just a little. Yeah. Yours is just a grain of sand compared to all those bad people out there. Yeah. I think we, we certainly have a hard time reconciling that, that, that my little sin is, you know, the, the same as someone else's bigger sin. Yeah. And Chris, thank you. Help me with some words here. Reverential fear is so important. I think it's one of the only ways to understand what the justice of God means. I completely agree with you. Um, You know, we as men and alphas have a big problem with the word fear. I think if you only fear one thing, you fear God and nothing else is scary then. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm just trying to see. I saw that uh, Chris Scott said frozen. So I'm just wanting to, we're looking. Okay. Looking good on my screen. Yeah, I just wanted to pull up again. So Captain Cayman said going here. So okay. All right. We're good. So, you know, again, it's so important that we hit these, you know, as champions for Christ, as Christian warriors, as spreaders of the gospel. When you get ready to go into combat against the enemy, and I mean the enemy, I mean the devil, uh, secular society, you know, when you go to engage in the culture war, these are the questions you're gonna have to answer. Mm -hmm. Right? These are the questions. Like I saw a thing mocking um, Christians the other day. It was a meme um, talking about uh, showing a picture of what the rapture might look like with people floating up in the air. And it's like the people who believe in this are going to try to lecture us on science. Mm -hmm. Right? So, again, you know, these are the types of questions that you really have to, if if you are want to reach into that and you want to wade into those combat, that combat, which you're going to have to, whether you want to or your kid's going to come home with some hard questions mm-hmm. because kids are going to ask them stuff that um, that is going to challenge th- them and you. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, we're good. I'm seeing us right here. Okay. That's the feed. Yeah. Um, yep, we try to justify sin and compare, but sin is sin. Exactly, I'm awake, are you? We need to, you know, and this is not something that's easy. We need to compare our sin to Jesus, who is sinless, mm-hmm. right? And it's just, once you start doing that, you realize how humble we should be mm-hmm. and how we should be, you know, how we need to accept God's judgment and be so thankful and blessed 
for his mercy. Yeah. And um and I think a lot of people too they they look at their sin or and they say, you know, oh, I'll I'll try to fix it tomorrow. Um or I'll I'll repent a little later. But when you kn- when you know that you're not guaranteed that time, you certainly don't want to do any sin intentionally and in saying I'll I'll try to, you know, quit this. I'll quit porn tomorrow. I'll quit whatever tomorrow. Uh, what if you don't get to tomorrow? Right. And, you know, I find that the more the Holy Spirit dwells in you, which meaning the closer you grow to God. Um, and again, if I sound crazy to you guys, you know, I'm sorry. I just want to give you my own personal testimony. As I become more in tune with God, my desires to do things that are against him go away. And my, you know, my... Um, revulsion or whatever against things that will displease him grows. I don't think that sounds crazy. I think if you know for people who believe, I don't think that sounds crazy at all. Yeah. Tomorrow is promised to no man. It's um, so, you know, I mean, again, the more mature in your walk, you're going to find yourself doing less. You're going to start swearing less. Mm-hmm. You're going, uh, you know, you're going to, st- so many different things are going to change for you. As you continue to evolve and become wiser. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and that's why, you know, something that um, I want to say that the Marine rapper said during our interview the other day, or maybe it might have been Topher. I can't remember who it was. He says, you know, I call, you know, when they were talking about speaking truth or saying things, you might not be ready to hear this yet. Mm. But I'm going to say it to you now as a gift. and Maybe you'll unpack it later. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But here, you know, take it on now, and maybe someday this will make sense to you, and you'll be able to get a blessing. Uh-huh. And I think that that's what we're called to do, because I think of all the 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 debates and battles I had with godly people when I was working my way through it, and a lot of them did land later. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, I was too proud, proud and too broken to hear it and process mm-hmm. it and think that. So, you know, again, I, I think it makes a difference even when you're rejected. Yeah. I think that's very encouraging for people to to go out and I know that I, I'm I'm still where I've sp- spoken about this before. I'm still working up kind of the confidence to to go out and really you know declare my faith and um, try to mentor people who I know are not Christians because I'm still kind of feeling out. I'm still I still consider myself a baby Christian and and knowing what to say, how to say it. But I think it's encouraging to know that I can still say or or show to someone who I know does not have faith and that, that it might might impact them later, even if even if they're not getting there now. Yeah, totally. And I and I think that, you know, everyone who watches this show, no not crazy. I think that's just one of many things that happens when you understand what Jesus did for us. It's it's so mind blowing and that's why I'm dreading it. Um but I'm also looking forward to it. Um is the see the future seasons of the chosen. Where, you know, I've really fallen in love with Jesus. It really helped me fall in love with Jesus uh, as a friend Mm -hmm. um, through that series. Whereas in the Bible, I understand I respect him Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I love him for what he did. But I, you know, we're just such a visual, you know, media driven people today that I understand all the logic of what he did in this book, Mm -hmm. but to watch him as a person and to understand him and to fall in love with him as a 
a human and a friend. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be awful. Like it was already awful to watch the passion of Christ, but to watch what they have to do to that guy that we, who is, you know, playing yeah. um, Jesus and to go through that story with him over the next six years. Yeah. Of that story is just going to be, I mean, it's going to be gut wrenching, but I think it's so important. It's coming. It's so crazy. Even, but it's so important. Yeah. Hey, Chris, I'm glad you watched The Chosen. You know, I, I really think it's the most important. Season two should be coming soon. Have we yeah. heard any drama? I'm, I'm going to guess it's going to be Easter. They're still filming. Mm-hmm. COVID really messed with that. Yeah. Um, you know, but I know that they're doing it. And I know you guys are going to hear some drama around it. They, you know, there are some Mormons that are wired into that program. They just filmed in this giant mock-up in Utah that's literally a historic mock-up of the city of Jerusalem mm-hmm. during Jesus's time. Yeah. And so, and you it's know, owned, and it's Mormon owned and did all this stuff. But, you know, like I was trying to tell one of my friends who was coming down them really hard. I'm like, they need to get this thing made. And, you know, the Mormon church, you know, it, you know, is a, I believe is a cult and has a lot of problems and it's, it's, it's not that, but the, the teaching part of the Mormon church that comes on later is where that is. During Jesus' part, they're all on the same page. It's just when their John Smith finds the plates and God knows what they're mm-hmm. talking about there. Uh, so they're shooting like it's our duty to watch the chosen then and look for any infiltration in the scripture and to denounce the things that we saw. Because now that is a big yeah that could be exactly so, so many people strange. are coming to Christ through the chosen. It is a weapon that we need to use in our time against the enemy. Mm-hmm. This time we are so broken, we are so this, and one beacon of light has been this series called the Chosen, yeah, and that's why we all need to be on guard with it, and we all need to be out there. We need to you know hold them up and maybe let's say something they do one. Seeing that sacrilege, if I believe if we had an outcry, they would edit it out. If it was something that, I mean, I believe Dallas Jenkins is that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, he is reverently in prayer mm-hmm. trying to do the right thing for Christ. It certainly seems that, that you know, for everything that that we see as the, the end product, they've put thousands of hours of, of prayer and consideration into to make sure that they're being respectful. Yeah. So, again, you know. I'm not going to judge them because they have to work with what they have. And maybe they pull some people from Mormons over to Christianity instead of being in a cult. Good way to look at it. You know, all I know is that if we expose the people to the truth and the Holy Spirit has a chance to work on them more, God is on our side and they'll come our way. Mm -hmm. The ones who are open to it. Anyways. So again, um, you know, so when you hear the whispers or the, the the people talking bad about the chosen, um, take it for what it is. You heard it from here first. Um, you know, Angel Vid, which is the the production company that owns them, uh, or not owns them, that they did their, their produced their thing, is owned by some Mormon guys who went out wanted to make biblical movies mm-hmm. or just whatever. You know, yeah. um, so again, I don't care as long as I'm not going to be fed Mormon and uh, doctrine, right? Well, I know that they they believe that the filming location, everything was God given. They had a really hard time putting season two together because of COVID, and I think the way that they explained to be that able this to be isolated for them, yeah, um, they said was a was a God thing. So 
If they well, yeah, imagine that there. they have a, a completely abandoned city that they can shoot with trailers in isolation away from COVID. Yeah. When the world needs the most. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I just am so looking forward to that. And right before when they put out a release date, I'm going to go back through and watch them again. And I'm going to cry my eyes out like I always do <laughs> yeah. and not be able to breathe. That is the first time ever in my life where I have been so impacted by something. But when, like when Jesus does something um, and that I can't even take a full breath, it is like 120. I'm like, I can't. I mean, it's not a voluntary response. It just happens to me. I it's just so darn powerful. If that's not the Holy Spirit working within you, I think that's and that speak. doesn't show what that is. Yeah, that I, how important that show is. <sighs> I think that I mean that demonstrates your heart for for Jesus, and I think that's a wonderful testament to to where you are in your faith journey too. Yeah, well, I just look at you know where I came from, from being a borderline devil worshiper mm-hmm. to you know being head over heels for for Jesus is just you know it, it, I never want anyone that doesn't have to go through what I went through to go through that, to be raised without the, lo- the knowing about Jesus mm-hmm. and about God and about his eternal plan for all of us. And, and, you know, it, because it, as you can identify, it, it leaves wounds even when you don't have a traumatic past. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited um, for B, you know, and we've talked about it on Monday. She's yeah. already, um, She's already exposed to Christianity in the home, yeah. And um, you know, she you know says grace with us at dinner, and she started asking to hold our hands when she saw, the, you know, we would hold hands say, to say blessing, and and she, we one night we got a little poke, you know, she and she had her hand out, she wanted to do it too, and she said her first little babble prayer, and you know, so I I think it's so great that um, that she'll be able to be raised in that, and I mean that's. I, I feel a pressure on my shoulders because as I'm still still figuring out my own faith journey to also be responsible now for kind of imparting that on her, um, you know, answering her questions as I'm trying to answer them myself. Um, but I'm excited for her. Yeah. So, guys, um, you know, for, like Chris, I don't know. I don't think you're in our small group on Facebook. You probably – Gave up Facebook because I see you on MeWe. You should really get in there and do the Bible plans with us and do the small group with us on 830 on Thursday night. And for you other guys who just are looking for some camaraderie, some fellowship to talk about Christian struggles and Christian, you know, all the issues we all have. It's not, I mean, we, we roll into everything in there and we're all there for one another and we're all talking about our struggles. Um, just like we do here, just more intimate because it's not blasted to the and you guys talk back to us. <laughs> yeah, and you can, you're on camera. You can and you share can your your side of it, too. Yeah, so. You know, thank you, I'm awake. You know. It's a, it's a team effort over here. <laughs> but, I mean, you guys, it literally is free. All you need to do is subscribe to YouTube, which you guys are all on YouTube watching yep. us right now. So I assume you're subscribers. You just go on there. Um, yeah, join the Patreon. Need to figure that out. Everything's posted there. It's all time dates, and I can go into that, which probably we should make a video now that it's you know coming up on uh, 30 days on how people can find day one and all mm-hmm. that. Everything, to make it easy, everything that's on the Patreon page is on the Facebook page as well. Um, the Patreon page might be easier for you to navigate because there's less stuff on there, mm-hmm. but it's all marked day one 
whatever, and you get a workout in there, you get a, some strike uh, combatives in there, and there's always a Bible plan mm-hmm. in there. Uh, one of the things I want to prepare everyone for is, you know, Lauren and I right now are talking about doing, uh, you know, interview testimonies for ourselves and for those of you who want to do it on camera or on air, mm. um, whether recorded or not, uh, testimonies. So, um, you know, I think it's always good to have someone there to kind of ask clarifying questions. Yeah. Um, and, and just so you understand where we came from and, you know, telling your testimony is literally one of the most powerful things you can do to bring people to Christ. And I think that we all need to tell our story more. It's not vanity. It's sharing God's experience that was laid out before you, how you found him and what your relationship looks with him and who it relates to. And I, I have a hard time because your testimony, your story is so big and colorful. You know, you've had a, a very different life than I have. Um, lots of different chapters, lots of struggle. Um, the much more dynamic, you know, than, than how I look at mine. Um, so I've had to, I've had to kind of stomp down some feelings of, um, well, no one cares about my testimony because yours is the one that is such a, powerful flip kind of from atheist to um believer but i'm i'm coming i'm seeing that my story has this place too but they are very different kind of you are going to relate to far more people than i am yeah more people are going to relate to your story than the navy seal story mine might be more entertaining or colorful but everyone's gonna be like my god she's she sounds just like me Mm. that's what it is that's me that's when you know you're talking to the right person, yeah, and they're hearing your toast testimony or the context one. If they went through that, and I'm only dealing with this, I, you know, it's the comparative type mm-hmm. of thing. So, and so we have someone who found us from from your Topher interviews. Thanks yeah. for joining us. Yeah, yeah. So, yep. Stay at home, mom. Here with three toddlers. Found you thanks to Topher. And loving the live stream. All the power to you for three of them. <laughs> Yeah, we're trying to have a second right now. Yeah, even thinking about adding number two is um, overwhelming. So kudos to you with three. Holy smokes. (laughs) My God, I can't even (laughs) imagine. How standing. (laughs) Yeah, so to kind of catch you guys up, uh, I don't mean to shift gears, but uh, if you got, you know, just to catch you up on some things that we're working through. You know, we're trying to really figure out what God's plan is for us. We we want to consolidate into a very deeply red state. We really loved Northeast Tennessee mm-hmm. area. Um, you know, right now, business is terrible um, as far as, you know, we our main job, which is a security consulting, you know, training firm. Um, a lot of people right now are just trying to, businesses are not really spending any money on anything other than stay, keep paying their employees and mm-hmm. the rent. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're in the process of getting ready to sell our house. We're trying to figure out what timeline we need to do that on. And, uh, you know, so we're really trying to lean into God and not force something. We went to Maine Early this year, like when COVID was going down, we didn't know how things were going, the election, all that stuff. As a risk manager, I made the call to get closer to family, get as rural as we possibly could, because I thought this had the possibility of going pretty bad. Um, 
And so in spite of hitting every obstacle we possibly could, I forced it, moved us to Maine. And God gave us a relationship with, you know, with my very good friend now, Pastor Ken mm-hmm. Graves, mm-hmm. Um, as a consolation prize for not making that <laughs> That's our work. our interpretation of it now, that. anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So now, you know, we're we're in a pretty scary spot. We literally can go wherever we want. Where there is a, a a large part of us that wants to load us all up into a fifth wheel R, you know, a 40-foot RV and travel around the country and meet you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd love to go out there and see Chris Scott or I'm awake or you know, Cabin Caveman or all the other people on our show where we pull into your town, hang out with you, go out, have fun, show you we're not stuck in the mud Christians, go shooting, mm-hmm. do all the things that we like to enjoy and interact with you guys, you know, but, um, you know, there's that option or there's we go to Tennessee and we know no one mm-hmm. and we start over and we trust in God to uh, kind of provide. I think the the big and this, this segues into what might be our last conversation for today. Um, the, the are we consulting God when we move? Yeah, conversation. Um, and I think of the moves that we've done or talked about doing, this is the one where we are are most of. We are putting the feelers out there. We are we are making some preparations but we are listening to to God and we will um, do much better to kind of fulfill our part of listening to his plan. Um, so whether whether we put the house on the market and it just doesn't sell and we say, okay, God wants us here in Virginia, or whether it sells right away and we said, okay, this was the right thing to do. And then there's a rental that comes up immediately in Tennessee or, or what have you. I think we are we are much better in a better place to pick up on his plan than we were before. Yeah, the the main thing right now is, unlike before, I don't feel a time crunch, mm-hmm. right? Right now we're moving, you know, primarily because of math, mm-hmm. right? We've got more money going out than we have coming in. Mm-hmm. And then, two, we really want to do this as our calling. Like, we really want to make our life about serving God. Mm-hmm. And... um in what in whatever form he wants to use us in, um, and two to avoid the tyrannical secular uh, government of Virginia mm-hmm. and of you know so much of the country, we want to consolidate around some like-minded individuals um, who have the same culture as we do, where we can strengthen each other's culture, fortify each other's culture, and then expand our influence of that culture. Mm-hmm throughout the country, which I think we all need to do um, in order to raise strong families that are willing to go out and be missionaries here at home. We have an option three on the table. Come back to Maine. (laughs) Go to CC Banger at 830 and then go shooting at the outdoor range of Verona Island afterwards. Guys and cuds. Monica J, you're speaking. There is a big part of me. (laughs) I miss Ken so much. Yeah. I, I really feel like a part of my heart was cut out leaving Ken behind. I mean, he's just such a good friend and such a good mentor to me. Um, I, you know, um, <laughs> I, I, it still surprised me that anyone would want to move away from Maine because all the Maine people. Well, let me tell you, there's a couple reasons not to beat on Maine. There's a part of, <laughs> I love Ken Graves and CC Bangor, um, you know, Calvary Church, Bangor. 
That is about in the people of Calvary Church Banger. The rest of Maine, all you guys who think it's great, you haven't really been anywhere else. The winter sucks. Yes, it does. <laughs> the winter sucks. We just had a lovely six inches of snow two days ago, and it's already melted. Yeah. So <laughs> the Virginia. so the winter sucks. The spring sucks, and the first half of your summer sucks. So literally, you're talking about. Uh, August, September, October. Maine is known as vacation land for a reason because you want to go visit and then leave. Right. <laughs> Your maze are like, I've never, like, I've been in the jungles of Columbia. I have been in the, the you know, in some of the worst places in Southeast Asia. No one has bugs like Maine has bugs. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. So I hadn't either. I was, and I it's was, ugly outside. And I don't mean to say this in a bad way, guys. There are pretty parts, but you need to see Virginia. You need to see the mountains of Tennessee. You, you need to see Colorado. You need to see Utah. Like, you guys have a rocky coastline. Yay. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of cool, I guess. And you guys, like, have, like, two mountains. Yeah. Speaking as, I mean, the, the upper towards Canada part gets a little bit better. <laughs> wow. But um, as a as a Mainer, you don't, you're, like, all proud to be from Maine. Like, we're hardy stock. And then you move and you're like, what the heck? Like I went to Maine expecting such amazing things and I went there and most of it is a swamp guys, a swamp and salt marsh. And again, Acadia is beautiful, but Acadia is liberal as heck. Mm-hmm. And Isn't you know, the yeah, they go and they ruin everywhere. Nice. And the parts where I would want to live would be Northeast Maine along the coast, which is away from everyone, which is basically Acadia without the crowds yeah. um, in the middle of nowhere. Right. So, you know, I love the white mountains of New Hampshire, which make me feel like I'm in the Viking mountains of Norway, yeah. you know, without the ocean because it's New Hampshire, yeah. but it's just so darn cool there. But again, um, so news unit, here we go. News unit said is God USA, God's chosen nation as the time is no, I do not believe the USA is God's chosen nation particularly as it was written in the Bible. However, um, and Ken Graves goes into this much later. Um, I'll get to your next comment after that. I just want to see if it was something you want to build on where, you know, Moses, and or, or sorry, Abraham entered a covenant with God um, and God made promises to Abra- Abraham. And then um, Moses was the was there as part of the vehicle to bring them out of Egypt where God fulfilled his promise, gave them over the promised land where Joshua again re-enters the covenant after God has fulfilled all of his promises. He's given them the chosen land, he's given them the offspring, he's given them everything, and they have a chance to walk away right then and there, and he re-enters that. The blessings and the curses of Deuteronomy that they that um, that Moses prays upon Israel. George Washington, during his swearing in, mm-hmm. opened up the Bible to that page and entered us into that covenant. Mm-hmm. So we chose, our nation chose God versus God choosing our nation. Yep. So um, so anyway, so it, I believe we could have a special place in there. I don't know if it's written. I don't know. You know, there's so, you know, some of the prophecy is so cryptic and this and that. You know, who the heck knows? All I know is, I'm going to serve God as best I can and serve my, you know, my community, my local, my family, my local community, and by extension, my country from there. Because I may, I'm guilty, guys. I am so guilty of making America my false idol. Mm. 
you know, America to me was more important than God at one point. Well, for the vast majority of my life. And so um, that. if you were to pick an idol, you picked a good one. Well, well, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) But, you you know, now look at, you know, I'm just terrified for my nation. Excuse me. That by George Washington praying those those blessings and cursings that we're seeing the cursings, the cursings of madness and confusion. If we don't know what sex we are, holy smokes. Yeah, when you when we were reading that and saying, okay, that might be where we are right now in our <laughs> this day and age. And yikes, guys! But you can certainly see why people say we're we're smacking it. Yes, we are in Virginia. We're near Charlottesville. Yeah, Crazy Charlottesville. And, and news unit. <laughs> I am totally. All I want to do is team up with like-minded people. Like we've been cowboys in an all Indian town for for a majority of our life. The only time it wasn't so and it was great was when we were in um when we were at Calvary Chapel Bangor where we had an entire church of like minded individuals in a town where we happened to live in the secular side, which was rainbow flags everywhere, which I had no idea or else we would have never even accepted that house <laughs> in the first place. But um you know, I would absolutely love that. I'm not from Maine, so I get it. I truly, I'm truly staying for one more year to learn from Ken. You're totally right about Acadia and the coast of Maine being liberal. Yeah, well, Monica, I, you know, I want to head to next. Yeah, deciding where you want to head to next is the important part. And there's a large part of me that wants to do this RV thing because I want to park myself, you know, right there at Calvary Chapel and learn from and learn at Ken's feet as much as I can. Um, while making a living and building this audience, building this program. This is what we want to do. We want to, you know, hang out and talk to guys and gals like you guys and, and do training programs and other things to, to, you know, strengthen the faith and bring back America to what we all think it should be. So um, seems like gospel today is 2 Chronicles 7.14, still deciding. Well, 2 Chronicles 7.14, you want to copy and paste and drop that in there and we'll read it out. I don't. I we don't know our verses. Yeah, I don't have the the stuff <laughs> by num- chapter and verse. I don't have memorized. I'm not. I don't have George Patton's memory where you could literally go through that book and do it. Springfield, Missouri, has changed quite a bit since Chuck Smith days. Um, she's ready for Florida for after Maine. I don't blame. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, make sure you choose the choose the right place in Florida. You know, Florida. There's a lot of the world in Florida. One of the great things about Bangor and Orrington, where Calvary Chapel is, um, is you can get away from all that, mm. right? And, um, and you know, you find yourself in Miami, you find yourself, you know, in the Keys, you find yourself in Fort Lauderdale, you find yourself in these Panama City, you know, I lived in Panama City, you know, these places of sin, you're supposed to flee sin, right? Now, we should do missionary work and we should penetrate into that to try to bring some light to those places. But only after we are accomplished warriors mm-hmm. should we be even considering doing that. Right. Well, and I mean, do, we, do you want to get into the moving conversation? We're kind of skirting around it in, in this sure. conversation. Um, just in, in picking, so should we move? And um, if we do, are we moving for God or are we moving for the world? Like you were just saying, if, you know, Moving to Florida, there's a lot of the world in Florida. Um, and part of our, the, we've been talking, reading the Old Testament, and there was a comment from someone who um, was, is reading it along with us about whether, whether the Bible offers guidance on where we're supposed to move and should it be generational. And I was thinking about kind of how transient we are as a nation now um, 
correspondingly how far away from God we are as a nation now. And I was just kind of pondering, is there a connection? And how so. many of the moves that people do now are for self or are for the world, whether it's school, a better climate, um, you know, you name it, a job. Um, they want the party scene. Um, so many of those moves that we make tend to be selfish in nature um, or at, even if not selfish, if it's for your family, but it's generally not for God or because of God. Um, and I think because that we've, we've moved away wholly from having a community and generation upon generation caring for each other and keeping each other tight in faith and, and influencing others' children. And I think that those two things have traveled a similar path on that we've we now move more and we now <coughs> are f- much farther away from god um i didn't mean to call that you're, no, you're okay this way <laughs> but, um, so just um kind of food for thought especially as for people pondering moving um just really making sure that are you, you're doing it in consultation with god not just because you want something out of it yeah i, I really want to dive into that a little bit i'm gonna want to get some comments mm-hmm. caught up here and then i'll dive into that so uh news unit copy and pasted the scripture it says if my people which are called by are, are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then i yeah. will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their and will heal their land absolutely. And then I'm awake. Are you? We just moved to Jersey Shore from the north by Newark, red country out here that still loves God. Don't let the media um, make you think there's no all liberal. Um, it's all liberals. We understand that. I know there are conservatives, islands in many places. Most you know, places, and, and, yeah. and and you know, if you look at all the maps, it's it's usually cities surrounded by nothing but red. But the problem is, is that you're not in charge of your laws. Right. So what they're going to make legal and illegal and what they're going, you're, you're forced to live by the left's rules. Mm-hmm. And that's where I won't do that anymore. If I have the chance to live someplace where I can have live the way I want to read the, the Bible, I want to and live the life and hire and, and as a businessman and practice my business and, and run my business the way I want. To. I don't want the liberal left coming in and telling me what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not. You know, I'm not going to do that. So, again, I believe that there are, there are, you know, islands or pockets or even seas of red people in these liberal places. The problem is, again, because your states are blue, you have to play by their rules. Um, yeah, so, Crisco, Jason, you once said, I want to go behind enemy lines. I believe that's where the fight is, the mission field. That is true, Scott. But the problem is, is that the, right now, we don't have a home land anymore to to launch our to launch our you know we don't have a a home base really anymore everything's behind enemy lines our government is secular now it is anti-christian the fbi is calling patriotic and the homeland security is calling patriotic christians terrorists now so there is no um behind where everywhere is behind enemy lines right now chris is what I'm trying to say. It's trying to be strategic. Yeah, and, it's, it's and so, so I'm it. just trying to say that, you know, in order for us to, to take the best strategy forward, I think we have to consolidate and then expand our areas of influence in the culture war and move that 
battle line mm-hmm. and launch out from there as we have strong bases. Which on our episode Monday, um, so episode 23, if you look on YouTube, um, we spent a lot more time talking about the culture war and ways to fight it and kind of where you should put your, your energy and resources behind um, if you're not Kind right, of either you're the tip of the spear or you're supporting the tip of the spear, basically. Right, so so what's more important, and I don't know if there's a right answer to this, you standing out in front of a college in Berkeley, California, and you know being frustrated every day, and maybe you save a couple souls, or you're the person who rallies the coalition that keeps a red county, you know, God-fearing red and, and gets the Bibles back in the schools. Yeah. Where are you going to be more affected? How many children are you going to be able to affect there by keeping the transgender, transvestite, you know, reading day at the library to your kids and being able to say, listen, our school district, our private school, our homeschool network, whatever it is, we are raising strong Christian families Mm -hmm. this way and no one's going to encroach upon that. So that's why I'm saying doing it in places where we're strong. And reinforcing where we're strong. So, one, we have strong businesses that can fund the movement, mm-hmm. right? We have the infrastructure and the government, a governor who will have our back, right? When the feds say, you guys can't do this, we'll have a governor and a, and a conservative attorney general who will say who will fight for us. Whereas in New Jersey or Massachusetts, good luck. They're going to they're gonna be prosecuting you, mm-hmm. right? So, again... I, you know, th- when I say all these things, it's not to beat up on people who live in Massachusetts. 90% of my family is in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. right? They're, most of them are conservative mm-hmm. and they're stuck there because their grandkids and their nieces and whatever are all there. They're and I, to stay with they're, they're yeah. choosing that. Um, now, to roll into Lauren's point, I we think we have sacrificed community and uh, fellowship for worldly things such as salary, party life, quality of living. When when I say quality of living, quality of worldly living, nightclubs, restaurants and all that. And instead of staying at home, you know, staying in in towns or with families and turning things around, right now we're so mobile. If things get bad, you can just pick up and move. Mm-hmm. Now, we were prepared to stay in Virginia if we could, if we could if Trump won. We were going to stay here. It bought us time to fight to see how things are. Now we have no one to watch our back. So it's like literally being in a battle. You've got air. You've got the enemy's air support over your head. You don't have your own air support. You're not. You're not in Afghanistan, outnumbered a hundred to one, and you've got a Spectre gunship overhead that can take care of that. And you've got you know A10 warthogs and Apache helicopters helping you. You know, giving you cover to do your mission. No, it's the opposite. You have everything against you Mm. and you have no one giving you cover. And now you need to fall back to a place to where you can strategically be effective. In my, my opinion, does any of that make sense? Or did I just ramble a bunch of garbage (laughs) off there? That makes no sense. Help me out here. Let me know, Chris, if you're still here, if you're still awake after that answer. No, I mean, I think that, I mean, as far as the concerns in Virginia, the gun laws are the, the front and center primary. Yeah. Same thing with why we can't go to Massachusetts. You know, not that I would. As you need a brother or sister to pick you up if you stumble. Exactly, mm-hmm. Joe Schmo. Perhaps we might all actually be rounded up and killed after all. Um, total sense, salty Sam. 
You're good. Okay, thanks. So um, I don't, uh, again, I have no idea. They are talking about re-education camps. You know, that's still, everything seems so far-fetched, but the fact that somebody said that they are doing that and they're still in office a week later is crazy. So that's why I think right now we're all on borrowed time. And I think we all have to really rally around, like I said, not to be a broken record, to get around like-minded individuals, whether it's that that island in a sea, in blue or that that sea of red that surrounds these big cities that just keep undoing you, um, or you go to a red state like Tennessee or northern Maine, which is red, but unfortunately they don't have their own governor. Right, you're you know, by, right, so you're yeah. still subjected to their governor, and you've got Susan Collins as your darn senator, literally. So I, think, I mean, it's no state can help what happens at a federal level, which no. with the administration now, there's going to be a lot of stuff that happens at a federal level. So the thought and the goal would be going to a state where you feel like the the local state governments will at least fight on your behalf, protect against you. the federal. Yeah, rulings that come out um, as a result of. Like, I have no doubt Texas would have your have our back. Yeah. Texas has been suing them nonstop, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's and Texas isn't like eighty percent conservative, twenty percent Democrat. They're like fifties, forties mm-hmm. now. Yeah, yeah, but they're but their main government. If you're seeing what a powerful Republican governor and Republican attorney general can do for a, a very state. active one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so here we go. So for whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. Romans, absolutely news unit. I've said the same. We need to build an underground system. You're good. Um, total sense, but I see godly soldiers in California that need support. I think Gavin Newsom is in big trouble, except Texas is selling its land to China. I agree with all everything that everyone said there. Um <laughs> And California, my friend, um, California is never going to go red in a million years. You're just wasting your time there. Unless they peel that state off in California and they split off into a two-state solution there where the coast is the Democrat side and the Republican side goes the other way. There is no hope in turning that state red. They are going to be an abortion mill, transgender capital of this country, and drive us over the edge of the cliff in the hell if that's what's going to happen in California. I think at the same time, you could look at it and say there's going to be people who are on the the edge there seeing the increasingly crazy stuff that the state is doing, and they are kind of more um, prime for the picking of of hearing God's word and being converted. And even if the state as a whole doesn't flip red or leave being crazy, there might be some people who are more ready to be influenced um, to come to, to Christ because they see what's happening there. And either they then go out and force multiply within the state or they choose to move and reinforce red elsewhere. Um, I don't think it's a lost cause because there are still people there, even if the state not uh, as a whole. Lost cause was a bad term, and I apologize I for lost cause. There is no lost cause um, you're going to do good no matter what you're doing, doing God's work. I'm just saying strategically, I'd rather you see work on making Texas more red and keeping Texas red or North Carolina red or South Carolina red or, or you know, reinforcing the states that we already have than entering a project that would take 200 years 
to fruition to may be able to make that stay there. Now, there are people who are open to hearing the truth in California because they've seen San Francisco go from one of the most beautiful cities in the street to literally the zombie apocalypse with feces, human right. feces everywhere, drug needles everywhere. Um, you know, Portland, Oregon is destroyed. All these places are destroyed. And they, these people are are open to the truth. And there needs to be people there. I just think that if it's going to be, there are a bunch of champions there who I'll support with my dollars and cents and, you know, and, and be able to, but I am not subjecting my family to that. I'm not putting my family in San Francisco. I'm not putting my family in Portland. I'm not going to have my, that I'm going to get around and, 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 and build the foundation that can, you know, push those tendrils into those locations. Mm. So um, there is no oasis anymore in the USA. All states have compromised and nullified the U.S. Constitution and freedom and liberty via lawless lawmakers. Uh, it's 100% true, but it's, it's you know, what, what are you going to do? Like, what's your answer? Is it uh, go nowhere? Is it abandon the U.S.? No, you have to pick the best, worst answer and do the best you can, mm. you know. Um, so um, I honestly, you know, there's a lot of tactics in the choosing Northeast Tennessee if that's where you end up. Mm. You know, if we went to Maine, which there's a possibility there, it would be Northeast. It would be, you know, the Orrington area to learn at Ken's feet and and see where God takes us from there. The difference between now and where I was at before is I was almost in a borderline panic. I was so driven on where I felt we needed to go and what we needed to do and how fast we needed to do it and overcome all this inertia and do everything we possibly could to get there for a bunch of reasons that didn't really work out and they weren't God's. Mm -hmm. So um, once lived in San Francisco and I was so sad to see what's happened. There. Yeah, brother, I went there for a work trip. It's almost two years ago now. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. you know, I couldn't believe what I saw there. There were people taking dumps in the street there at eight in the morning. There were people screaming at the sky and shaking, you know, newspaper racks and needles everywhere it was terrible. Maybe the better choice is to move to Israel. You can join the IDF with your background. I believe you can serve in the IDF even as American citizen, unless that has changed. We might be better off in Israel. I don't know about that. Um, you know, I think I'll pass. You know, <laughs> Israel uh, isn't a primarily Christian country. The U.S. is. Mm -hmm. There are more Christians in America than in Israel. And Israel has been wiped off the map how many times now for being disobedient? Yeah. So I'm not so sure that that might be the answer. Um, I'm going to pray to God, and God will call me where to go. And um, I believe if I'm serving his will and I'm spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ and I am living as a light, in, you know, even if it is in a dark area, um, and people are seeing me and we are— reinforcing each other and growing each other in our love for Christ and our love for one another, then we're doing the right thing. Yep. Whether you are in New Jersey, Massachusetts, Connecticut, California, Texas, North Carolina, Florida, Maine, you know, Tennessee, it doesn't matter. That's why we have programs like ours. That's why there are other programs like this out there. Um, I listen to God over a chat room. Thanks, Fran. Appreciate that. <laughs> that's, the, that's the plan. <laughs> Israel is going through some big culture changes. They are right now, and I don't know where they're going to end up, right? Um, you know, so so. anyways, guys, um, 
you know, what a great show I felt. You know, I know Ken wasn't here today, but I really felt like the show was great. Uh, you know, I always love our time interacting with you guys. If you want to support this program, there's several ways you can do it. You're already doing it by watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, we're really close by being monetized, which is not so much about getting the, the monetization, meaning it's not so much of us getting 25 cents a month or two bucks for the views that we get from all you guys watching our videos. It's about unlocking the features and being able to have donation, uh, super chat, and for being able to live stream from our cell phones to bring you more real content. You can also support us in a very real way on Patreon. Whether you give five or 50, it doesn't matter. Every little bit helps uh, to keep this program going. We also have a shop with a bunch of cool swag like this shirt here, which um, they can see it. It says, I only kneel for one man and he died on the cross for me. Yeah, so there's a bunch of different stuff there. There's a bunch of different hats. We're in the process of remaking everything on there, like long sleeves for the cold weather. We've just been so busy with the double move and and the, the two things. So we appreciate all your support. We really do. So again, liking, sharing, and subscribing. One other thing that you can do, because right now we need viewing hours, is when you're not, if you've got an iPad or you've got an extra phone, is log into your thing, go to the, the um, Patriot Crusader mission video section, hit play all, and just let it play all night. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll rack up viewing hours for us, because we are really, we need 4,000 hours Viewing hours, we're at basically 1,700 right now, I think, or almost 1,700, which we are averaging about 1,000 a month. And if everyone who watched the show did that, we'd be there in a week Mm. or in a day. (laughs) So, anyways, thank you so much. Uh, God bless you all, and I'm going to pray us out. Friday, BYOBB. Yeah, we'll see you Friday. Booze and a buddy. Yeah, bring a buddy, guys. Bring a buddy, and uh, we'll have a great time hanging out. Shout them out, and we'll strengthen honor to them. Yep, everybody who brought a buddy. We'll we'll salute them. One thing as Christians living in Israel is that you're in the safest nation in regards to military strength by power of God, and that. And if it's time to go, we will be caught up in the air with the Lord. So oh, yeah, air, right. I'll binge all week. Take care, guys. All right, guys. Thanks, Fran. Good point, news unit. All right, I'm going to pray us out. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for our audience. Um, We thank you for these fellow Christian warriors that choose to spend time with us and lock shields with us to hold the line, your line, Lord. Lord, I ask that you protect everyone who watches this program, protect their families, and bless them in all they do. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, and see you Friday at 9 Eastern. Bye. Thank you for listening to Patriot Crusader Mission, where Christian warriors are forged. Sponsored by Patriot Crusader Mission Patreon page. Join us and become the Christian warrior you are called to be. Thank you for standing shoulder to shoulder with us in today's spiritual vanguard on Christian Warrior Talk. Presented by Christian Warrior Mission. As we've united in prayer, let's hold fast to the truth in Nehemiah 4.14. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Until next time, let's keep a humble and grateful heart, deliberately pursue our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and equip ourselves with the full armor of God. You're not walking this path alone. Lock shields with us, and together we will hold the line. May God bless you all.